Looking for options is TJ Hensick. Point again. He's got Laverne. Walks to the middle. Goes D to D for Zach Leslie. Fires in and out of the patch. Rebound. Score! Bjorkstrand knocks it home. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. However, the views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and other contributors. They do not necessarily represent those of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. It's Tuesday, so that means it's time to check in with the Ontario Reign with Lindsay Zarneski, Ontario Reign Insider, and get a preview of this week's Kings Weekly with Jack A. Wilson from Fox Sports West. But before we get to Lindsay and Jack, it's time to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. Never miss an episode. Visit lakings.com slash podcast for recent episodes and subscription links for Apple and Android. I know I've gotten a lot of requests from people who, for whatever reason, refuse to use iTunes, but you can subscribe uh, for Android. Also, follow us across social media. The name is always Kingsmen Podcast. That's one word, Kingsmen Podcast. Now, here's Lindsay Zarneski. Joining me now, Ontario Rain Insider, Lindsay Zarneski. How are you doing today, Lindsay? Doing very well, Jesse. How are you? I'm excellent. Now, you and I watched the uh, Ontario Reigns home opener together, but I was at the Kings game on Saturday night when the Ontario Reigns played their second in back-to-back nights. How did they look in that overtime loss? Well, there was you know, a unique story going on in that game, of course, with Dusty Emu backing up his son Jonah mm-hmm. and Ned. But overall, I um, thought the rain looked all right. They're still kind of getting into that a little bit of that weird run and gun type situation with opposing teams. So I thought Jonah fared pretty well in his, his first AHL start, especially considering the circumstances, not so much about dusty, but just about it really being kind of a surprising start for him. Yeah. Let's be clear. Um, neither Emu <laughs> figured to play for the Ontario rain this season, right? In a, Exactly. I mean, in a perfect situation, I mean, Peter Budai was the starting goalie for Ontario and he was going to, you know, probably get the majority of the starts the second season and have a bit of a, you know, chance to mentor Jack Campbell. And then, you know, Jonathan Quick goes down um, and and, and Budai goes up and then, you know, that's when Emu was really brought in was because going into opening night in San Diego, the rain didn't have anyone. So uh, besides Jack, I mean, anyone to back him up, I mean, Mm -hmm. so um, yeah, then this weekend, I mean, the Zadkoff injury, I was just heading into morning skate myself and was checking Twitter and saw John Rosen's updates about that and was thinking, okay, well, (laughs) I would imagine Jack Jack Campbell is on his way to LA shortly here and everything just sort of started to unfold. I mean, uh, Jonah, you know, appears to have acquitted himself just fine, but he wasn't even sent to Manchester, right? I mean, he was a man without a team until the injuries, correct? Right. That's right. Yep. He was. So talk about being thrust into a a tough spot. (laughs) All of a sudden he's the starting goaltender and his dad is backing him up. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a, it was a nutty morning to be honest, because we were just sort of trying to figure out, we knew Jonah would probably be in, but then it was, you know, who was going to back him up and like, was it going to be, Joey Z in that? I mean, <laughs> Joey has some goaltending experience, so we were all kind of enjoying a laugh that morning, and then it turned out that it would be that it would be Dusty. But I thought for Jonah, too, I mean, kind of a rough season for him last year. He talked about it a bit after the game that, you know, he had broken his finger and had to have surgery. He played just about three games and hadn't played 
really in a competitive game besides the Reigns exhibition games this season um, since last uh, last Christmas or so. Um, so definitely um, a weird twist of events there. Can we learn anything from the Reigns' first three games, or does it all have to sort of be taken with a grain of salt because of the goaltending situation? I think it really has to be taken with a grain of salt because – uh, because of the goaltending situation, I thought too. I mean, even with the home opener, Jack Campbell playing a, a Texas team, his former team. Um, the rain went up for one early in the, after the first period, so everybody was kind of thinking, you know, where does this game go from here? And then um, I think even T.J. Hensick said after the game that they kind of maybe sat back a little bit, were a little too pleased with that first period, and allowed got into penalty trouble, which is something that was a storyline even early last season for the team. So um, kind of hard to really assess just three games in because of the goaltending situation, because two, uh, you know, Paul Ledoux hasn't been in the lineup and it seems like he's very close and he'll bring a, you know, different element to the back end. Definitely. Now let's say Paul Ledoux is in the lineup. Um, already we've seen uh, Paul Bissonette play defense uh, for a game. <laughs> Um, the, the D that I watched in the home opener seemed, uh, solid. Obviously they, you know, as you say, gave up a four to one lead, but I didn't think that was anything, mm-hmm. um, particularly, uh, frightening about that. But so who, who's the most likely candidate to come out of the lineup if Ledoux goes in? I think it'll be Linton Niemi. He's been pretty limited so far in just the first couple games. Um, a lot of it, a lot of that has to do with him not really being part uh, too much of the special teams play just yet. So uh, I kind of figure him to be the odd man out uh, once Ledoux is ready to step back in. That's a shame. I quite like Alex Linton. I mean, <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> our fan in, uh, in Finland, Christopher Cernan is always asking me about him. So he will be disappointed um, <laughs> to hear you say that, but uh, there were some lineup changes, n- not in the goalie crease uh, for Saturday night's game. Can you explain to me why uh, Adrian Kempe and Justin Auger sat that one out? Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, another twist of circumstances, I guess. I mean, I had gone down to the behind the net, kind of where the Zamboni comes out, just to watch warm-ups and try to get some photos of the emus. And then all of a sudden, you're looking around, and it's, okay, well, where's Adrian Kempe, and where's Justin Auger? So um, in the mix of trying to figure that out, it turns out that both of them were sick. Um, Kind of hockey ops told us that. But uh, after the game, too, Stuthers hinted that Auger was also dealing with sort of a lower body injury, which was interesting because I did see him out at morning skate, which was a surprise because he was out there with a lot of the players that hadn't dressed the night before. It was a very small group. So maybe he was out there trying to test something there. But um, the good news is that both of those guys were back out at practice on uh, on today. We're talking Monday. But, I mean, for, for Justin Auger, I mean, Justin Auger didn't miss a single game last season for Ontario, so uh, that streak sort of ends for him. And uh, that that hole in the lineup allowed Patrick Bjorkstrand to get his first game. Now, I I mentioned him. He's 24 years old. He's, he's Danish, which you don't see a ton mm-hmm. of. Um, but I noticed it because this season, where the team may not actually be any younger than the team was last year, if you wind up adding up all the you know ages, obviously every player is a year older, and uh, where where they've gotten rid of some guys that were older, they've brought in guys like T.J. Hensick, um, you know, who's a, a a veteran, and and Zach Trotman, guys like that, Michael Lotto, who are twenty five, twenty six years old. But it seems to me that when I watch the team, the players that my eyes are drawn to 
are now guys like Adrian Kempe, uh, Alex Lindsay Mike Amadio, Zach Leslie. And these are all guys that are 23 and under. And obviously none of them, you know, <laughs> found their way onto uh, Team North America or anything like that. But you see that the NHL is getting younger. And I'm wondering if guys like Kempe and Amadio, you know, are they are they a, a step away from the NHL? Obviously, Kempe got an extra long look at, uh, at training camp with the Kings this year and uh, and has, has looked good in, in the two games he's played this season. But but is there faith in, in the Reign and the Kings that these kids are worth the investment the team has made in them at this young an age? Oh, definitely. I mean, Kempe is pretty close. I think it's only just a matter of time that he gets up there. I think Mike Amadio, I mean, he's really only in his first uh, full pro season. He joined the Reign in the playoffs last year. So he's he's a little bit further out. I mean, and there are guys ahead of him, like, you know, like a Mike Mersch, that sort of thing. So, mm. but, uh, you know, Kempe's played well. I mean, it was too bad that he was sick the other night, but um, I think he's, kind of grown in his confidence and grown in his maturity. And so uh, a lot of eyes are on him this season. I've really enjoyed uh, watching the rain this year. I was a late convert last season and I I really should have gotten on board earlier, (laughs) but now now that I've watched them through last year's playoffs and watched them in training camp this year um, and gone out to a game so far this year, I'm really sort of uh, developing favorites and and stories that I root for. (laughs) But uh, one story that's sort of heartbreaking, and, and I'm curious for it to be over one way or the other, um, is Rob Scuderi. He has not yet played in three games for the Ontario Reign. Do you have any idea what the plans are for Rob Scuderi? Yeah, it's been sort of a uh, maybe awkward situation, at least as far as trying to figure out the details. But I did talk to Mike Southers about it on on Saturday because he wasn't out for you know warm-ups, wasn't dressed or anything over the weekend for the – first two home games of the season for Ontario. And um, he used the words that he would be available to us should we need him. Um, That's not as cut and dry as you would think. I mean, 37-year-old defenseman and Southers kind of mentioned that, you know, his career is sort of winding down and that this league is for players that um, are development players, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, players players like Zach Leslie and like Apollo do that, need to be playing games and need to be in the lineup. And so uh, Southers mentioned that they kind of set a schedule for the rest of October for him, but hinted that he could technically train out, out at El Segundo if, if need be. So um, nothing was truly set in stone yet for November as far as his schedule. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't really see a lot of Rob Scuderi unless, you know, the rain maybe run into an injury problem. But right now, I mean, they have, um, a, a good full uh, list of, the, of defensemen with Paul Ledoux kind of turning the corner here and being ready to play. Obviously, you know, they've been hit with the uh, goaltending in, or they've been hit by the Kings goaltending injuries. Um, they are mm-hmm. a, a development <laughs> team, as you said, a farm club. And so, you know, we talked all year long and we'll continue to talk about it. The, the difficulties of running a team when you have a parent club whose needs supersede those of your own and, I feel like the rain almost sort of dodged a bullet with the success of Devin Setaguchi because it's one more player that doesn't have to come from their lineup to fill a hole in the Kings lineup. Um, out of curiosity, who do you think, and this is totally asking you to speculate, I realize, but if Devin <laughs> Setaguchi hadn't been invited on a PTO or if he hadn't worked out, 
Who do you think the most likely candidate on this Reign team is to fill the role of somebody like a Marion Gabrick? Well, I mean, it's sort of an easy pick, I guess, to go to Kempe on that. But I think, too, he still just needs a little bit more time um, to develop that two-way game down here and just build his confidence, too, because I think he's a player that really needs to to play all, all the time. And now this is his chance for this team to really be his team should he play that way. Because I felt like in many ways last year, this team was, you know, Nick Dowd's team and, and Michael Mersh's team. And, I mean, and Mike Mersh is obviously already making a, a huge impact, has two goals this season. But, I mean, with just his style of play and playing the center position and um, kind of expanding his role into penalty kill and that sort of thing, um, Adrian Kembe is kind of the answer to that if you, if you had to ask me. Does the fact that Patrick Bjorkstrand picked up three points in his one game challenge anybody else's spot in the lineup? I think I, I thought it was pretty impressive. Honestly, I mean, he's kind of thrown into a weird situation too. I mean, he's a healthy scratch and then all of a sudden Kempe and Auger are, are scratched and he gets a chance to, to go right in. But I think for him too, uh, being a center, a center might be hard to squeak somebody out, but I think maybe Sam Hare could probably be a, uh, the odd man out it would just uh, be a matter of you know maybe moving some of the pieces around uh, as far as the positions go on the those like th- third and fourth lines and then finally let's talk about the goaltending one last time because uh, <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> well they they bring up uh troy Red- is it troy redmond um yes, from yeah, the right. from the alaska aces or i suppose he's a free agent so they sign him to a pto previously the mm-hmm. Alaska Aces. Um, they let Dusty go back to doing his job, which is being the goalie coach. Um, now, it seems to me that they can't really uh, be expected to play the rest of the season or however long um, the Jonathan Quick injury lasts with Emu and Redman as their goalie tandem. Um, is there any talk about what will happen moving forward as far as the goalie situation? There hasn't been too too much talk about it yet, only because the good news out of today's uh, L.A. practice was that Jeff Zadkoff would be back hopefully within a week. Um, so I think as far as this goes, it's almost like the rain just kind of have to tough it out for now until Zadkoff is back. And then, you know, J- Jack Campbell at that point will return to the rain and resume that starting role again. Man, being a coach or an executive of an AHL team must just be a living nightmare at times. Uh, <laughs> well, it was uh, well, it was funny too when talking to Southers about you know the stuff with Dusty over the weekend because we're talking about you know Jonah starting and I, and then I asked him, okay, well then you know who's gonna who's gonna be the backup and sort of waited waited a second for him to answer and then you know he started talking about Dusty and you know the history that this. Uh, this game would bring and that sort of thing. But uh, one of the things he said was, you know, this is what we deal with life in the American hockey league. You know, the most bizarre things can happen at the drop of a hat just because, Mm -hmm. I mean, everything is dictated by the parent club. Um, And then as soon as something like that happens and I mean, thank goodness for, for the club that, you know, everybody was moved west last year. Yeah, I started thinking. I started thinking about okay, what would even happen if 
you know, the team was out in Manchester. Cause I think the rain were even looking to try to get Jack Flynn to come, uh, for that game, but they couldn't even get Jack Flynn to come from Manchester to Ontario at a moment's notice, you know? So, um, you, you remember that time when like Rob Laurie was signed <laughs> yep. by the, I believe the, the ducks, like for, you know, one quick, one quick turnaround. So, I mean, I guess for the first time in the history of the AHL West, the Kings really benefited, um, from having, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the team close by. Cause I think last year when they had a lot of the call-ups, uh, they were a little bit further away. They were either on the road or, uh, in San Jose, uh, that sort of thing. And I mean, just so we're clear, Dusty Emu is 56 years old. <laughs> no, 46, 46, 40 is 46. Okay. I'm sorry. My... He's 46. And, All right, still. and he's taking a, br- taking a break. He's going home to BC. That was something he said after, uh, uh-huh. after the game. So uh, probably a bit of a whirlwind uh, week weekend for him. Uh, that story just gained so much traction. It's It's been pretty neat. Yeah. I mean, it must've been fun for both of them, but, but uh, not ideal for the Ontario rain. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lindsay, I want to thank you for joining me as always. Yeah, you're very welcome, Jesse. Thanks for having me. The Ontario rain are on the road until November 9th. Uh, I encourage all of you Kings fans go out, catch the rain game. I'm going to be there the 9th of November. Uh, I'm going to be cheering on uh, Michael Mersh and, uh, and Amadio and Kempe and all the rest. Thanks, Lindsay. We'll talk to you soon. Joining me now, senior producer from Fox Sports West, Jack A. Wilson. How are you doing today, Jack? Uh, I'm wonderful, Jesse. I uh, We just finished up a King's Weekly shoot with uh, Teddy Purcell and uh, and uh, his dog, Vetter. Uh, so, so be on the lookout for that probably in the next couple of weeks here. So uh, Gustel and Milo have a new uh, Labradoodle. That's right. Another another doodle in the clubhouse. Um, yeah. Te- te- by the way, I just want to point out, Teddy, uh, one, he said one of the first things he was amazed by after he got back to L.A. for this, uh, you know, now for the second time in his career, was he uh, he asked us, he said, so so fans are really into the players' dogs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, loved, he, he loves the fact that, like, fans are so into the players' dogs and know who the players' dogs are and that kind of stuff. He said that, uh, and Andre actually told us the same thing, Cop- Andre Kopitar told us that, um, at a recent event where some fans were, uh, someone asked him to take a picture of them with Gustel. Uh, <laughs> okay, I heard that. It's story now it's now and, officially out of control. Then, <laughs> so Teddy Purcell, while we were on our shoot today, reiterated that story I'd forgotten about, uh, which is amazing, and wow. it shows you just how diehard uh, we we. I mean, there we had the dog calendar shoot last Friday just just happened and. Reigning champion Emma was in the building. I don't know if there was like any beef between her and Gustel or was, what. Was it, future champion Arlo Dowd there? Oh, uh, Arlo was there. Arlo uh, was getting a little extra working on the ice after practice <laughs> with uh, with with Nick. Um, yeah, but it was a packed house. Everybody was there. Both Dowdy dogs were there, which was quite the occasion. I think that's the first time uh, they've been spotted in public together. Both. Uh, I don't know, Reggie, and I can't remember the Mika or something. I think that was the other dog from last year, but big day, big day. So looking forward, you can look forward to uh, a little uh, strand cruising with Teddy Purcell and his dog Vetter. 
with Alex Curry and, of course, our uh, annual coverage of the L.A. Kings We Are All Canines calendar coming up soon on Kings Weekly. Well, a vetter is a great name for a dog, and I am partial to doodles, but I, I don't want to open up Bark Madness to uh, to, to accusations of being rigged or uh, or corrupt. No early but, voting. No early but, voting. But any, any hacking of my emails will reveal that I am a huge proponent of Arlo Dowd. Uh, <laughs> that's fine Arlo's a good looking lab I we did we did learn that cause as is the way for uh you know the the rookies who come up and um who are here on a you know we don't really know how long basis right. uh, as a guy like Nick Dowd would be in this situation they also they stay at a hotel obviously mm-hmm. um and so uh Nick uh is now sharing a hotel room with uh you know 70 something pound uh golden lab which <laughs> which seems less than ideal but you know uh, you, you can't really leave him behind when you no. get the call up. You can't really leave him out in Ontario. And and any dog owner knows that it it may seem less than ideal, but it's really not that big a deal. Uh, yeah, it's All good. Right. It's good. <laughs> Let's yeah. get into right, Kings Weekly Chat. Yeah. That's, that's it. We're done, right? That's why you yeah. had me on. Thanks for joining me, Kings fans. <laughs> All right, <so> next week. <laughs> so uh, Thursday night, what do you got planned for us for Kings Weekly? Oh, this week, uh, yeah, this week we uh, this is this week's um, hockey fights cancer, obviously mm-hmm. throughout the NHL. And uh, Tuesday night will be uh, the Kings uh, celebrating that night. Um, Dennis Fougere, who is a scout with the club, um, I, you uh, people who were watching last year uh, during our hockey fights cancer coverage will remember him. Uh, we we showed a lot of uh, messages that were taped by Kings employees staff members, the people in the organization as a, a, a sort of um, messages of love to Dennis Fougere, who was at the time battling stage four cancer. Um, and it, it was not looking good, to put it bluntly. Um, and uh, the story is amazing because Dennis is now not only fully in remission, he is back to working full time um with the kings uh we we sat him down during uh, rookie camp when he was out here working with some of the prospects and uh john rosen sat down with him and as sat down also with mike fuda who is dennis's i guess both boss uh travel companion when they're out on scouting trips and a very very good friend of dennis bougere's um john rosen did an awesome job with the story we're we're really excited to share it tomorrow night with everybody during uh kings fight cancer night as well as this week in Kings Weekly, so that's kind of the uh, the centerpiece of uh, of our show this week. Awesome story, really happy to see Dennis back, and uh, it's uh, something I think fans will appreciate and um, get a get, get a nice warm feeling out of. Uh, in addition to that, uh, the LA Kings uh, themselves produced uh, a piece on the 1967 team, who was here obviously for opening night. Um, you know, all the fans saw them out on the ice for opening night, which was awesome. But what they may not know is the week leading up to that, they got a four-star all-class tour of L.A. Um, you know, in 1967, these guys were an expansion team. And the sports were different in general back then. The, the uh, you know, traveling on, on, uh, on you know, commercial airlines and, and staying in probably nice, not nice hotels and just sports were different. So uh, what the Kings did for them was they showed them what it would be like to be a King today, basically for a week. They treated them really well and they took them back to the old forum and they took them all around LA and gave them a good time. So uh, I know uh, Jim wife's Fox Susie was very heavily involved as well as Jeff Muller from the Kings and showing those guys a pretty good week. So uh, the Kings documented that week and we'll be showing some of the highlights of that 
as well as, of course, uh, the King's 50 Greatest Moments that have been rolling out all through the 50th anniversary and our Royal Reflections. Um, this week, we're going to hear about how uh, Bob Miller, uh, how a fan tried to fight Bob Miller in uh, <laughs> Kemper Arena mid-game, mid-call of a game in Kemper Arena in Kansas City. Uh, shout out to Flubber McGee and uh, and the people of Kansas City. Uh, <laughs> hashtag best hockey fans. And and uh, we'll also hear some other good ones. We'll kind of uh, talk a little bit about Bob recalling his, uh, his time watching the Triple Crown line. Nick Nixon w- talking about a very, very memorable interview with Dave Taylor that ran during a game that uh, Kings fans may or may not remember once they see it. And uh, some other good stuff like that. Uh, you're... Pete Weber, your you know friend yeah, of the pod, can absolutely. we still call him that? Absolutely. Bob, this Bob this week has a great story of uh, Pete Weber, who's just as much of a jokester as Bob Miller, um, uh, pretending to get airsick uh, d- during a, f- a cross country flight when he and Bob were flying together, <laughs> uh, and uh, tormenting the poor guy sitting between him and Bob for an entire flight across country. Uh, pretending he was getting airsick and making the guy think he was going to get sick all over him. So um, I guess I, all I know is after hearing that story, I want to hang out with Bob Miller and Pete Weber together at some point. <laughs> well, I had a chance to briefly hang out with Pete Weber in Nashville, and uh, we've had him on the podcast a number of times. He is a great guy. Um, backing up to the 67-68 team, I had a chance to talk to Dave Joseph after the rain game uh, Friday night. And, mm-hmm. and he said that the – the guys on the 67 team were just blown away and, and really appreciative and, and really touched by uh, everything the Kings did for them. So uh, I'm yeah. be, be really nice to see uh, some of that on, on Kings Weekly yeah. this Thursday night. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, we'll have it on Kings Weekly. It's, it's really cool. It is cool. It's, it's awesome for those guys because, and the cool thing is, I know it's, some of this has been talked about, but there's a lot of, there are a few links between that team and this team. Um, uh, you know, the, the gosh, help me out here, Jesse. The guy from the Ottawa 67s. Um, Jim Fox? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing is, oh, gosh, see, it's only been two weeks. It's already been that long of a season. <laughs> but there there was a player on the original team who, as soon as we hang up here, I'm going to be bummed that I couldn't remember his name. But he was Jim Fox's coach because uh, he played for the Ottawa 67, coached Ottawa 67. He was Jim Fox's coach. Uh, he who scored the first goal in LA Kings franchise history? Brian Kilray. There he is. Thank you. Brian Kilray was Jim Fox's coach in Ottawa. He was also a member of management of the organization when Tyler Toffoli went through the Ottawa 67s. Um, when we, before the season started, we sat down Tyler Toffoli to talk about some of this 50th anniversary stuff. And he talked about Brian Kilray being like one of his favorite players growing up, even because he was an Ottawa 67s legend. Um, and he, coincidentally happened to score the first goal in LA Kings history. So, um, yeah, it is cool. It was cool to see like those guys, him in town to visit, hang out with Jim Fox and, and uh, Tyler Toffoli who have all these connections outside of the Kings organization, but together they can all put on a Kings Jersey. It's fascinating. You know, we've been doing this 50 Kings series with uh, Dave and you forget that there used to be only six teams and then only 12 teams. <laughs> right, <laughs> and so you right. think of the hockey world as being this incredibly tightly knit small community, but then you realize that it used to be even smaller really. And right. so you start finding all of these connections between these players. It's, it's sort of insane. You know, we were talking to Lowell McDonald who went on to, you know, relative fame right. in Pittsburgh, but you find out right. that the guys he was traded with 
you know, yeah. or drafted with, you know, then they they went their separate ways, but then they reunited on yeah. some other team down the road. It's it's sort of crazy. Um, Jack hey, Lowell, Mc, Lowell McDonald's son, uh, now the Pittsburgh yeah, Penguins exactly. TV producer, which <laughs> yeah. a little, little uh, Fox Sports, uh, six degrees of separation there. <laughs> That's right. Now uh, we uh, we mentioned at the open of the the segment that you are a senior producer at Fox Sports West. <laughs> Thank you. Your uh, responsibility is not limited just to Kings Weekly. What can you tell us about Kings Live and what you've got planned for the rest of the season there? Yeah, I our, I should say first and foremost, our, our regular Kings Live producer is Joel Goodling, uh, who has been doing an awesome job the last couple seasons on that. Um, he'll be doing most of the shows this year, but I, I will be giving him a, a break from those from time to time in addition to the Kings Weekly stuff I'm doing and and we're, we're, we have lots of great 50th anniversary stuff uh, planned for that as well. Um, you know, the, the cool thing is these Saturday shows, uh, I would say that in particular these Saturday shows, are, which will be, I'll be helping produce, um, will be pretty awesome because the Kings are bringing out a lot of um, great alumni and some, some familiar faces from the past for these Saturday games to honor them for the game, have them do puck drop. Um, I'm sure you saw Yaroslav Modri. I did. Here. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And, mm-hmm. and another another guy who who seems to just kind of hang around the the organization. You see him just kind of around Toyota Sports Center regularly, um, which is we've talked about before. I know just kind of how cool it is that that as the Kings have kind of rounded into this, you know, a more successful organization. <laughs> They, they have gone back and brought some of the guys who, you know, the Derek Armstrongs and Yaroslav Modris and, and Nelson Emersons and those guys um, it, it kept them around the organization. I think I Dean see Lombardi's Glenn Murray there part. all the time. Great. Yeah. Another great example. And I think Dean Lombardi has been one of the bigger driving forces of, uh, of, for that. And it's awesome. And then what the cool part about that now is throughout this 50th anniversary Obviously, the guys who are in the Hall of Fame and have their numbers retired or the original team are all going to be honored. But on these Saturday night um, at the games and in our broadcast, we will be celebrating every part of the Kings history. You know, there, there were plenty of years where maybe the team didn't make the playoffs, wasn't, you know, was, didn't have a winning record. But, you know, we had guys like, like Modry and like Nelson Emerson and, and guys like that and, and Glenn Murray that that were just fun to watch. And Derek Armstrong is probably the best example of that, right? Like like not exactly uh, didn't exactly play in the golden era of Kings hockey, but you'd be hard pressed to find um, to find a, a Kings fan who who doesn't love Derek Armstrong, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think I think that's what's going to be cool about these Saturdays. Again, I said like the game and our broadcast that that we're going to be able to recognize some of these guys and these parts of the Kings history. Look, all I want to know is when is Dan Bilesmo Legends Night? Uh, you know what? I, I, I think may, maybe we'll have to wait for like one of the three-way face-off <laughs> games. And the Kings and Ducks can, uh, can jointly recognize like him and Peros and, uh, uh, you know, you know like, Craig uh, Johnson. Uh, uh, Sean Pronger. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Sean O'Donnell, for that matter. Sean O'Donnell, I mean, really, really, yeah. I, like the the guy. Yes, the the guy uh, is is one of the faces of uh, L.A. Kings TV now, and won a cup of the Stanley Cup. I don't. I think maybe he's the ultimate Kings Duck crossover for uh, sure. Maybe, maybe that's a good debate for the first time those guys play, which is coming up soon. We should figure out like like rank the top five crossover players or something like that. Cause he. Him and Peros, I think, have a pr- and and of course Dustin Penner. I mean, I mean, now I've got so. to delete this so that I can go back and 
<laughs> and protect that segment for the future. But... Okay, good enough. But, but for now, I'm getting on record early. I'm saying uh, I'm saying Penner, Peros, uh, uh, Odie, and, uh, Bilesma, Bilesma, and Odie. Those, those are those are my guys. And yeah, Bilesma so... gets my vote. Bilesma and okay. Arlo Dowd. Fair enough. Fair enough. Dowd Bilesma, 2016. <laughs> That's my bumper sticker. <laughs> I don't know what you're voting for them for, but I'm on board. Uh, uh, bark Duckness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I want to thank you as always for joining me, Jack. Thanks, Jesse. I like that we always take this just about like 30 seconds longer than it should. And it just went, and then it just really goes off the rails. There. Hey, we that's, didn't that's even great. get into making fun of Rosen this time. So I thought we did. Oh, all right. well, I, well, I'm waiting for Michigan to lose at this point. I, I did send him a text on Saturday night after Ohio state lost to, uh, to, to Penn state, which is just the epitome of big 10 football. I did send him a text letting him know that that loss just made the inevitable Ohio State win over Michigan that much more enjoyable already. So um, I'll, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. Rosen likes to like you know talk about how bad Notre Dame is on a daily basis, which seems like a waste of energy because that's not changing anytime soon. But I'm gonna wait and save my energy for when Michigan loses to Ohio State or or even better someone before that, and and I'll just I'll let him have it then. Well, as always, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> So thank you for joining me, Jack. Wait, I have to say, this is clear because I said John Harbaugh instead of Jim Harbaugh last week, and you like just blew right past it. I, so I'm because Indiana Matt was very upset about this. So I'm going to say last week when I was talking about the Michigan head coach, of course I did not mean John Harbaugh. I meant Jim Harbaugh. Well, uh, the guy who wears cleats, picks his nose, and eats it on the sideline. That's, well, that's, well, that's I'm surprised. Well, I'm surprised that Pumper's uh, alert didn't go off. That somebody was making a mistake somewhere. Uh, it went. It went by me unnoticed. <laughs> but all uh, right, fair enough. Uh, so as always, for Jackie Wilson, my name is Jesse Cohen. Thanks for joining us, Kings fans. We'll talk to you soon.